Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Church, God is so good. Come on, He's good all the time. Everybody's like, come on, all the time, God is good. Listen, I love what God is doing in, in our church. I do. I love what God, there is life here. And we want to always thank God for the seed and for growth. We always want to recognize what God is doing. And so let me just say this before we begin. On December the 8th, December the 8th, we are going to have our Heart for the House offering. And we do that once a year. Uh, And and so, so here's the thing. We do this so that we can move the vision forward so that we can accelerate the vision. And, and here's what people ask me all the time. Well, what is the house? What do y'all do? Why are you different? What are, what's the, what are you trying to accomplish? And, and so here's what I want you to know right off the bat. We are not a competitive entity. There are many pastors in this city. We love them. We love their churches. We're for them. So we are not a competitive entity. But we feel like there's a mantle on this house. And here is the mantle on this house. The house is a place that builds lives. We build lives. That, that's We believe that there is a doorway of discipleship, mentoring, leadership, and we have seen people come in broken and begin the steps of freedom and move into things they thought they could never do. And when people want to know what do we do here, the house is a place that builds lives. That's it. That's it. And so we believe that if you... If you meet the Father, meet the Father. And and can I just tell you this? Um, All God ever wanted was a family. That's all God ever wanted. God wanted a family. And so when you think about this, God created Adam and Eve. And, and, and he wanted to walk with them in the cool of the day. And there, there was this idea of personal relationship. All God ever wanted was a family. But then Adam and Eve reasoned. They sinned. They moved away from what God had set up, the order that God had set up. And so here's what happened. God, in his loving kindness, called to man covered man, and all throughout the Old Testament is this idea that God was coming up with ways to stay close to what he created. If it was the tabernacle, if it was the temple, God was always moving and said, I'm going to walk with my people. No, no, no. I'm going to live amongst my people. And then Jesus came and said, come on, I'm going to live, come on, in my people. God has always wanted family. We believe that on December the 8th, um, we are going to be able to um, accelerate the vision of what God is doing here. I was talking to a business owner on Thursday, and she told me her story. Her family has been coming to the house for the last four years, and she began to tell me with tears in her eyes, she said, you know what, Stephen, since we've been coming, our whole life has changed. And, and, and she began to tell me, you know, when we started coming, our marriage was struggling, and it's stronger. Our children were disengaged from church, and now they're serving, and they're thriving. She said, um, the ministry that my son, my, fa- my the ministry that my husband is leading, is thriving, and it's growing. And she said, now 
The thing that I've dreamed about for the last couple years, I am now a business owner and I am moving forward in my dream and I want you to know that our whole life has been changed. Here is the thing, is the exciting part as we have been growing is we are hearing more and more of those stories. More and more of those stories. And I'm telling you, the house is a place that lives are changed. And on December the 8th, we're asking you to come prepared and to give in the heart for the house offering. And so here's all I'm asking you to do. We're not going to ask you to fill out a card. We're not going to ask you to commit. We're not going to ask you to, here's what I'm asking you to do. You pray and ask God what he would have you do. And then we will come in and we will give that offering on December the 8th. And I promise you, it's going to be so exciting to see how God sets us up to take more territory and more ground. Come on, in the future. Is that good? Come on. Come on, that's exciting. And so I, I want to tell you that we all play a huge part in what God is doing here. When is the last time that you thought about winning? I mean, like, like we're in this sermon series called One More. And last week we talked about one more next step. Like one more next step. And so now we're, we're moving on and we're talking about, listen, one more victory. When is the last time you dreamed about winning? Like really dreamed about winning. You're like, I'm not dreaming about winning. I'm dreaming about surviving. You know, oh, <laughs> okay, great. But we're, we're talking about really dreaming about winning. Come on, all the hog fans in the room, you, you guys feel me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, you, yeah, that was, was too early. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's go. Listen, listen. As we talk about winning, is the dream in you still Living? Is it active? What do, are you believing? Listen for God to do. I am hoping that in this next 15 minutes, because we're going to do a, a kind of a shorter sermon because of baby dedications, that you're able to open the gas tank of your faith and allow, come on, God to begin to feel, listen, your faith. Your faith, because here's what you need to know. If you're going to win, if you're going to experience another victory in your life, ooh, that was exciting. Listen, you, 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 listen you're going to have to fuel your faith. You're going to have to fuel your faith because faith is the thing that produces the results. Come on, how many of you have the faith to believe that you're going to win in your marriage? You're going to win in your family. You're going to win in your finances. You're going to win in your occupation. I believe, listen, that your desire to win is predicated on the faith, listen, that you allow to fuel in your heart. One of the most helpful ways for us to begin to walk in victory is to recognize, is our faith weak? Or is our faith strong? It is clear in the word that we have the power, listen, to overcome. To overcome. Do we have any overcomers in the room? Because, come on, listen. Some of y'all are like, we do? We, we have the power to do that? But come on. Listen. Like, Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this. And so this is going to be like a revelation for you. But listen, you have the power, listen, to overcome. Listen, check this out. Temptations. 
We got the body of Christ that their anthem is, I'm trying. That was really hard. I'm trying. Oh, boy. You know, it's, like, it's like, come on. And so we, we, we proclaim a mighty God, but we live a wimpy life. Does that make sense? And so we're like excited for the cheer, but when it really comes down to it, we're blaming all of our family. We're blaming our bosses. We're blaming everything that's ever, everybody that's in our life, and there is no faith. And listen, faith believes, listen, what it does not see. The truth of the matter is, I believe there are some of you, like me, that if you went back about 15 years ago, people would have said you wouldn't even be in church. Come on, we got any people like that? When you post a scripture, people are like, I'm still surprised. <laughs> come on, come on. What? <laughs> come on. Faith doesn't just go with, well, I guess it's going to be that way. No, no, no. Faith begins to pour into our heart and we begin to believe that not us in our willpower but God in his strength he, we draw near when we are weak and he is strong so when we have another victory it's not so God can make us it is so God can be made come on does that make sense I wish I had some Bible-believing people come on with me that knew that in the Old Testament donkeys talked there is a Bible verse that said that God opened the mouth of Balaam's donkey and he began to speak to him. And if you read King James Version, it didn't say donkey. <laughs> he said other son. So if God can use, <laughs> you know, listen, if God can use that, then here's the deal, what can he do in you? What can he do, come on, listen, in you? We believe that you can overcome temptations, brokenness, negative generational cycles. We believe that you can overcome offenses. We believe that you can walk in victory if your faith, everybody say faith. That's about six, it was about six. Come on, everybody say faith. If it remains strong. And so many of us, have reduced the power of God down to theology and knowledge. And because you know about him, and that's, I think, the biggest hardship in church, listen, is that people are growing up hearing about a God that they, they don't experience. Your faith. Your faith. Now I'm talking about, I'm not talking about uh, uh, blab it, grab it. I'm not talking, I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about faith that believes that things can turn around. Faith that believes that God is working. Faith that believes the seed is growing. Faith that believes, and I don't go by how I feel. Listen, I don't go by how I think. I go by faith and I'm putting in the word and I believe a product is being produced. Come on, in time. Let me give you a few verses to kind of stir your faith. First John Chapter 5, verse 6 says, For everyone who has been born of God, born of God, overcomes the world. Look at this. Overcomes the world. Come on, we've got Christians that are like, we were winning. You know, it's like we feel like the culture and, 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 and the news outlets and all of the things that are going on with the world, they're whooping our butt. 
And so we feel like Christians are on the losing end of everything, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God and his power can make a plant grow in the desert. What I'm telling you is we have the power, listen, to overcome the world. What is the world? It's culture. It's ideology. It's thought process. Like we can win in a culture that maybe even has moved away from the things of God. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Look at me. This is how you win your faith. Your faith. Your faith. What you believe. Your faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, with, you may be able to withstand, withstand the evil day having done all Stand firm. What is the evil day? When I read that, I was like, ooh, evil days. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what is that? The evil day is when you are attacked. The evil day is when you had a plan, the plan didn't work. Come on, somebody. And now you're, you feel like all hell is coming against you. I just tried to do something. Come on. And it's always after you make like an awesome commitment. It's always after you take a next step. It's always after you say yes. You know, soon, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you say yes to God and all of a sudden, bam, and you're like, well, this is what it's like. I start opening my Bible. I start stepping into community. I start stepping into church. I start stepping into this. I gave one time, and let me tell you what happened. I'm never giving again. You know, it's like, well, here's what I'm telling you. We take on the full armor. Listen, and, 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 and so let, let me dive down even more. Based on where you came from, when I say the full armor of God, you may be like, whoo, let's run the aisles. Full armor. It's not a phrase. It's a blueprint. It's a blueprint of what you need in this world, look at me, to stay protected. Come on, anybody grow up in kids' church and, and you sing the song about the armor of God? Anybody ever sing a song about the armor of God? Y'all didn't? Okay, maybe we had a cool children's church and y'all didn't. Uh, but it was like, come on, I got the helmet of salvation, the righteous blessed plate, the righteous breastplate. Come on, the girdle of truth, ta -ta 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 -ta. <laughs> the shield of faith, bam, the sword of the spirit, shing. You got you to shing when you do that, you know what I'm saying? Come on, the sword of the spirit, shing. come on, oh, that was terrible. Like, a, like I'm kind of leading you there. The sword of the Spirit. My gospel feet are shod, and I'm standing on the Word of God. That was the song. That was the jam. We sang that song. Come on. And I, got, I meet so many believers that have no shing. Like you're getting whooped. And God has given us everything that we need to overcome that thought, overcome that activity, overcome. And you're a shingless believer. And so, I mean, I, baby, you need to get your shing back. You have been given tools. Well, I just, I got to think that. And I just, I'm thinking that about my marriage. I'm just thinking about that about my marriage. I'm thinking about that about my boss. And I can't stop it. I'm just, you better shing somebody. Listen. <laughs> There's this idea that the sword of the Spirit, look at me, is the Bible and the Word, and you take it out and you apply it, and you come back. Come on, we need some Zorro. Come on, we need some Braveheart. We need some dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> you know I mean, we need a little bit of that, but we don't know the Bible. We don't know it. 
And so we're getting our lunch eaten because we don't know what the Bible says about us. We don't know what the Bible says about purity. We don't know what the Bible says about compromise. We don't know what the Bible says about grace. We don't know what the Bible says. Look at me. We don't know what the Bible says. Listen. We don't know. And the Bible tells us that if you don't know, If you don't know, you can't win. And so there's this idea that I want to be a peace walker. I want to have a belt of truth. I want to be a truthful person. I don't want to manipulate. I don't want to be that person. Come on, I want to walk, listen, in truth. I want to cover my vitals with holiness. And Jesus does that. Holiness is not something that I grab. It has been given to me by God, and it covers my vitals. Come on, does this make sense? Come on. I put the helmet of salvation. Why the helmet? Because it's in my thoughts. The biggest battle you will ever fight is that four-inch battle between your ears. And we're assuming things about people. We're mad. We're frustrated. And God says, if you'll put on the helmet of salvation, then you'll begin to think, come on, listen, differently. And what does that mean? It's not like kind of a spiritual uh, walkthrough. We're not, we're not, we're just like, it's theology. It means that we are getting into this book and we are understanding what we've been saved from, who we are, what God wants to do, and we begin to think, come on, listen, differently, differently, differently. The last verse that I want to give you today is John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it, listen, will be done for who? It doesn't say God is our genie in the bottle. Genie in the bottle is good. That's not what it says. It says that, listen, listen, if we take him and it changes this, then we can ask because God is looking to do something through people that begin to think like him. See, here's the deal. We need more missionaries, not less. We need more people working in next generation, not less. We need more people wanting to say, ah, listen, like God, ah, God's like, man, I will bless you. I will expand you. I will do something in you. Because here's the deal. I need to touch Little Flock. I need to touch Centerton. I need to touch Pea Ridge. I need to, I want to do something, and I need some people that think like me so that when I bless their capacity, they are not thinking it's about me but it's, I'm a conduit. We are the only Jesus that people may ever see. And, and here's the thing. As we begin to move through, I want to spend the next just two minutes. It's been a while since I've done this, but I want to talk about this book because I believe this book will begin to change everything in your life. House family, it's important that you know that the Bible, listen, is the inspired work of God. Okay? So, so here's what we believe. Yes, normal men wrote it. 
but they wrote it based on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Come on, listen. And we believe the very words in here are what God wanted to say. Does that make sense? Our Bible is the guide to victory. And if your faith is low, this is your faith inflator. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. You know, like, like if your faith is low, this is what begins to inflate you. There are plenty of good ideas, people, ideas of this world that want to influence you. But the only thing that will last, the only victory that will last is if we are trained, listen, in the truth. The Bible is that truth. The Bible provides, listen, a standard of measurement for our thought. This is how we determine right and wrong. We do not determine right or wrong based on culture. We determine right or wrong based on this. Does this make sense? And so let, let's just talk about this a little bit. We don't learn right or wrong so that we can fight people. We learn right and wrong so we can develop our mindset and train our children. Develop our mindset and train our children. Develop our mind. This is a tutor. It's not to beat everybody else up. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to beat up everybody who doesn't think like the Bible. And so what happens is because we are not taking the time to know what it says and because we are not taking the time to teach it in our families, Christians would rather vote in legislation that keeps everybody at bay because that's easier than sitting down and actually understanding what it says. I'm, I'm an advocate for voting. You need to vote. So don't even think that I'm anti-vote. I'm saying that if we would rather vote in legislation that protects the church, but the church isn't protecting its own mind. Come, come on, does this help? It is our job to know, come on, this book. This book, as believers, morals are not measured. Listen, morals are not measured on a vote or what the vast majority of people think or news outlets. It's not. It's measured by God's standards in this word. It's measured by this. And here's the thing, is this book has already been proven correct, accurate. Many people way smarter than me, like way smarter than me, have already tried to disprove this book. And they end up becoming saved or just they deny the facts. This book has been tried to be, it's, it, I mean, you can look online, this thing has tried to be torn apart. But it has withstand the test of time because the gates of hell, come on, listen, will not prevail against the church, against the church. George Mueller, Christian evangelist, said this, and then we'll be done. Ben Young, go ahead and come up. I look upon it as a loss in my day when I have not had a good time over God's word. Friends often say, 
I have so much to do. I have so many people to see. I cannot find time to study scripture. And perhaps there are not many who do more than I do. For more than a half a century, I have never known a day when I had not more business to do than I could get through. For four years, I have annually had about 30,000 letters. Most of these have passed through my own hand. Then as a pastor of a church of 1,200 believers, great has been my care. Beside, I have had charge of five orphanages. Also, my publishing depot, the printing and uh, circulation of millions of tracts, books, and Bibles. But I have always made a rule never to begin my work until I have had a good season with God and His Word. There is a blessing on your life when you jump into this. Knowing this should not make you a Pharisee. Knowing this should show you how much you don't have it all together and how much you need God and how much we rely on Him to overcome. That's why we never want people to come to church and feel second class because of their past or, or because of their brokenness. Listen, you come, because here's the deal. The, 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 you may not know this, but we're all working through brokenness. We're all overcoming hurts and battles and sins and frustrations. And this Bible tells me that even though I have moments when I am jacked slap up, He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never disown me. He stands at the door of my heart and he knocks. Come on, somebody. And when I feel unworthy, he says, I got you. This word, this book contains the authority and the power that you need to walk in victory. And I believe somebody here today just needs to know that, listen, victory is one read away. Well, I'm trying to be good enough. You won't be. Just learn the book and apply his stuff. Come on, does that make sense? Apply what it says about you. Here's what I feel, but here's what it says. Here's what I think, but here's what it says. Here's how I, does that make sense? Here's what people have said, but here's what this says. And I'm going to go with this. Here's what our society says. Here's what our thoughts are. Here's what our culture says. Come on, but I'm going to go with this. And if you do, I am not saying it will be instant. I am saying you will grow something that will change your life. So, so for me, um, I turned down a scholarship to go to college, full ride. And at that time, my dad could not understand why I would do that. I wanted to go to Bible college, and he was just like, that doesn't make sense. It's not practical. And, and I, so I'm not, I'm just telling the story. I, I, I love my dad. We, we, we go see, I mean, so this is not like a, I'm not uncovering. I'm just telling you a story. Um, and so he could not understand. And so when we would visit him, even young in our marriage, 
he just didn't understand faith. He didn't understand that. I remember us talking through thoughts and who created the world and evolution and, and just, he couldn't, he couldn't, he just didn't understand it. And, and so we just leaned into love. And over time, we've been married 17 years. The first couple years was, he never said it, but it was like, y'all are kind of crazy. <laughs> Church people. But over the last three or four years, every time we get together, he cries. He's like, oh my gosh, your family. And he says, I can see what y'all have been producing. And the truth of the matter is, there were a lot of years, listen, that I had to walk through the rejection of disapproval. Because I wanted, I wanted to read a scripture verse and da-da-da-da, like, you know what I'm saying, like, woo! But it took me a little while. And you know what? I had to go through my stages of not being good enough and then knowing my authority and being a Pharisee. And, you know, does that make sense? Because can we be honest? Like, it's, it's a process of, you know, making everybody else be right and, because I'm right. And, and, then, and then compassion and then love and grace. And, 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 and now we have a relationship where he feels valued and loved but he sees what God has produced in my life. And I am believing for the day when he and his wife get saved. And I have been holding on to that since I was 13 years old, believing that God is going to use this. And there are some of you that you may be discouraged because your family, friends, people aren't there yet. And I am telling you, you hold on. You build your faith. Walk through the storm. Don't quit. And I promise you, in time, God's word always produces a harvest. Come on, does this make sense? You guys stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.